When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is February 14th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And on this episode, Connor Ryan is back. He has returned from Portugal, so we caught up with him on the trip. We also got into lots of stuff with the current Bruins. Uh, is it time to panic after losing 4 of 5? We also get into Jake DeBrusque. And then we get into the big trade rumors uh, surrounding the Bruins and uh, get into potential trade uh, packages for those players. So, but we covered a lot of things today. I imagine the trade rumor talk will continue all the way up until the March 3rd trade deadline, as it does every year. Uh, and, you know, the the trade rumors are always everywhere. So uh, we get into those. Uh, and that is that was today's episode. It was a good episode, though. It was a fun one. Uh, we talked for a long time about all those things. It was good to catch up with Connor. I missed him last week. But hopefully you guys just enjoyed me uh, for, for a week uh, talking just to you. Uh, but at any rate. Here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's fine. How's it feel to be back in the States? It's a little colder. Uh, the food. Maybe not as good, but I'm also I had dunkies again. I was roaming, I was roaming across Portugal with no dunks in sight. So all things considered, I'm happy to be back. Yes, I was gonna say that I said this on my solo podcast last week. No Duncans. Is he gonna be okay? Like, is he gonna be able to is is the blood gonna keep flowing? Is the heart gonna keep beating? But fortunately, it it seems you you survived with with no Duncans. I made it through. Thankfully, Europe kind of has the coffee game down. So even if I was a bit barren in terms of my usual uh, Duncan order, still made it through. Still yes. here. Yes. Yes. Still here. Uh, and engaged. Congratulations. Oh, yes. We, There's also on, that. Beha- yes. on behalf of me and every Bruins we listener, we say congratulations. You're an engaged man. Uh, a beautiful Portugal backdrop. I thought maybe it was like Dorchester in the background, but no. You confirmed it was Portugal. It was Fall River. It was Lowell, the Lowell Mills. Uh, But fortunately, uh, it was uh, Portugal. It was a. You looked like a beautiful setting, and uh, it must have been an amazing moment. 
Everything worked out great, Evan. The weather was great. Uh, no complaints at all. It was a fantastic time. Most importantly, also, let's also not lose track of the fact, the most important news, recording on your birthday. Happy birthday, Evan. Thank you. Thank Actual you. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, yeah, so much. I did so much to be born. Uh, you know, this it worked so you guys don't understand how hard I worked. Uh, but no, yes, uh, it's a nice birthday, a nice Monday. Go to the bean pot uh, tonight. Can't believe you didn't uh, propose at the bean pot on the Jumbotron. That would have been legendary. Oh, my God. I mean, the content would have got out of that. Let me tell you something, Evan. Uh, it was not planned that I was going to propose on Beanpod Monday. Both me and my now fiance are proud BU alums. It was not planned. I did not base that schedule on the Beanpod. However, I also said after I figured that out, I was like, well, BU better win tonight. Because if not, it all is running amok. What do you know, Evan? BU lost Northeastern. So crazy. We will not speak, we will not speak anymore of the Beanpod. B- BU is always let us down. BU is 0-1 since you and Sarah got engaged. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's time to, maybe it's, you guys got to take the BU hats off or something, you know, for the sake of BU. For for a UMass guy like me, you know, hopefully it continues. But uh, yes, a, a no, tough. No, no comment. No comment. A, t- a tough BU Monday for, for BU. But you know what? UMass had a bad year. So, I mean, I can't really, that I can't true. really talk. Yes. <laughs> maybe it was a bad year. Um, but anyways, into Bruins. So I know people are just like punching their computer screens. Like, come on, hurry up. Um, Bruins have not been hot of late. There was the big long break, uh, and you know, with the game against the Capitals on Saturday, that's four of the last five they've dropped. Uh, but we've said all year, you know, it's going to happen at some point. You're going to drop a few games. Uh, it was not going to look pretty. It's not like you know you were going to, you know, have these really close losses and all. You know, it was going to be oh, this is great. The Tampa loss was all right, but uh, I mean, again, I, I don't think it's fully time to panic. Uh, it's an interesting time, though, for this to happen with the deadline coming. I think this is going to influence a lot of people uh, leaning, you know, people who said, oh, they don't need to do a ton. Now, I mean, could that change? I know we'll get into deadline talk later in this episode, but I mean, what what are your thoughts on the state of the Bruins at the moment? Yeah, I, I think maybe Jim Montgomery has put it best uh, over the last couple of days. He's mentioned that um, he even talked about it during uh, Monday's morning skate that that game against Washington is a game that he thinks they would have won a month ago. It's the fact that other teams are being more desperate now, whether it's playing against a team like the Bruins who have this, you know, standing as the best team in the league, or you're getting to the point of the season where teams like Washington or the Panthers are, are desperate. They're looking at the standings. Uh, they're, you know, clinging to a playoff spot or just on the outside looking in at the, the playoff bubble. You're seeing teams bring their best every every single night. And I don't think Montgomery says that in terms of the fact the Bruins are cruising, but they need to still match that, that intensity night in and night out. You're just not seeing it nearly as much. And it's not like one specific area. It's not like uh, there's one thing plaguing them, but it's maybe lack of execution on the power play. The shot mentality's kind of been off uh, as of late for the Bruins. Um, you saw that especially in, in the game against Washington, where I think Coyle had a, a chance to bury a shot and didn't. Paul, Frederick, I think a few other Passing guys. up shots. Um, yeah, passing up shots. Um, Montgomery mentioned uh, odd man rushes, whether they're giving up too many or they're not generating enough down the other end of the ice. So it just seems like their overall details are just slipping, which I think we've talked about it before. If the Bruins are having these kind of re- this kind of regression or this slip in play and it's middle of February, 
not too bad. That being said, you also still want to caution against like, well, it was inevitable. And so like this far in the season, it's fine. Still, you're 30 games left in the in the year. You want to at least start getting back into a groove. You know, as much as we view this as the dog days of the season, you still want to start getting into building your game up for the postseason. And obviously, it remains to be seen what they do at the deadline. But I think you have to caution against this being an indictment on the fact they need to make a major move. But I think you look at the various people the Bruins have been linked to, it's clear they think they still need to upgrade this team. And it's not to maybe fix one overriding issue with this team, but maybe just add extra scoring depth. I think you've seen a guy like DeBrusque, who they've missed him for a month plus, and at first it looked like it was going pretty well, but I think you've seen in the last couple of games where you've missed a guy like him, uh, a guy that can bury goals in the top six, add speed, things like that. So are we hitting the alarm? I, I wouldn't say so, but you still like to see the team hopefully right the ship and just get back to their game. It's not like they're they're cheating or they're, they're letting uh, – you know, they're cruising or anything like that. It's just kind of getting back in order in terms of what they do best. Yeah. I mean, again, you just don't want this to become a trend, right? You don't yeah. want this to be the rest of February and March where they're, I don't know, just above 500 in terms of the record during that span. And you just don't want that. And again, I mean, I think there are guys in the lineup right now that are not producing um, in ways that they maybe should be. Uh, one guy, I think, as you kind of mentioned there, that they do need back is DeBrusque. He's regular practice jersey uh, on Monday. And he's a guy, I mean, we've talked about this all year, where he's a guy who, like the Winter Classic, for instance, you can count on him to get a dirty goal. You know, a a, a, a not-so-pretty goal. You know, a goal that you need in a game like Saturday against the Capitals when you just kind of needed a guy to take it to the net or clean up a loose puck uh, around the net. And, I mean, again, that's a, that's a sizable guy coming back because now – you know, you're not putting Craig Smith up on that, you know, top right wing spot. You're putting Jake DeBrusque. And I think that just kind of balances things out a little bit more. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's just, as you said, just having an extra guy that can be a bit of a finisher, especially on that, on that top line. That's not to say that I think Craig Smith has been a net negative. I think that. No, no, no. Marshan Bergeron Smith line. I think they still outscored teams three, nothing, but um, you just look at what DeBrusque brings, not just the, the finishing ability, but the speed, uh, the ability to generate uh, odd man rushes. I even think one thing that's probably probably been slept on with his game is obviously he's good in the power play at that net front spot, but he's also been a very effective penalty killer. That's not to say the PK has been maybe an issue during this slump, but uh, what DeBrus brings in terms of his ability to play in all different sorts of situations um, has been missed. And just – it's one of those things where his return just, again, balances out the, the lineup that much more. It's almost like if you miss a guy like um, Krejci, what have you, like Zaka's done well on that job, but just having that stability lets the rest of the lineup kind of fall in order. So having DeBrus back on that top line, don't have to touch it, don't have to do anything with it. Let that line cook, um, and you the rest kind of falls into place. So getting him back, I think it's going to be huge for this team uh, moving forward. And for him – you hope he kind of just picks up right where he left off. It's something we always talk about that DeBrusque, when he's playing well, he's not really changing his game. Like if he's going to be doing the things we see out of DeBrusque, whether he's driving to the net, hanging down low for tips or rebounds, like the chances are going to be there. And based on what he's playing so far this season, would not be surprised if he uh, pots a couple of goals in the weeks ahead. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So now we get to the fun stuff. Trade rumors. Uh, the Chikrin stuff. The Chitrin, Chikrin, whatever. Jacob Chikrin. Uh, I talked about this a little bit uh, last week. People were asking about it. And I was not super into the idea of it. But the rumors haven't died. Emily Kaplan was on the Saturday broadcast and said how the Bruins and the Kings have been the two most prominent uh, for Chikrin in pursuit uh, of that trade. I think the Kings need Chikrin a lot more on paper than the Bruins do. I don't think that's even really like that close. Um, but the Bruins are involved. And what's your take on it? It. Chikrin's an interesting per, like person to focus on for because we talked about it, this last year. <laughs> yeah, it, it's something where you look at it and is does he address and meet need? No, but you also just look at what he would bring to this team. When you look at areas to go all in, if you're the Bruins and you want to find uh, an outlet to add to this team, you're probably not looking at another like top six forward right like i don't i don't would imagine they'd be in on a guy like timo meyer or something like that because you would get considered they have yeah they have enough talent i think across that the uh the top six so you don't have to worry about it you could make the argument they could use another third line finisher a guy that can give you 15 20 goals over a full season you could make that argument but um you look at the defense top of the league and you know uh goals goals against per game but you look at that left side if you have a, a grouping where it's uh, you know, guys like Lindholm and and Chickren and all these guys. It kind of goes back to what Montgomery mentioned before of the the luxury and how intimidating for other teams when you look at a decor that has two different pairings and each has a guy like McAvoy and Lindholm on it. You got a guy like Chickren in the mix and how he can kind of spread out those assignments. It's absurd in terms of having just those three guys sprinkled across the lineup to do whatever you want with them. But you have a arguably number one defender taking up 50 plus minutes of a 60 minute game, right? Like it's just something that uh, would shore up an already stout strength of this team Um, has a great shot from the point adds a different element to that, that grouping maybe adds a different element on the power play. Again, is he a need? No, but if you're looking at a way to swing for the fences and shore up an already strong part of the team, can't really go wrong with that. So if they're in the pursuit of a guy like Chikrin, it makes sense in terms of going in with that all-in mentality. It just goes back to how much are you giving up and how much do you make it work, right? Because if you want to pitch a post-Bergeron era where you have, you know, let's say Pasternak's locked up long-term, you have other guys in play, Saka could be in the mix. Good way to build a good foundation. It says Olmark and Swayman with a decor that has guys like Chikrin, Lindholm, and McAvoy. It's pretty damn good in terms of building that framework uh, going ahead. Uh, that being said, what it always comes down to is the price. Like you've, they've mentioned two first-round picks and a, a top prospect, um, which I don't think the Bruins would avoid a situation like that. Listen, you're, if you're going all in and it's another two first-round picks, you got to do it. Uh, if it's a guy like Lysel Laura, you have to weigh that option. I think the biggest issue is not 
the Bruins shirking giving up that, it's are they going to get outbid by another team, right? Like if the Kings are offering that and they can offer two first-round picks and their potential first-rounder could be 20th overall as opposed to the Bruins who are probably going to be in the 20 to 29, if they're including a guy like Brant Clark or Byfeld or one of these other guys, that probably trumps a Lysel or a Lori. That's where I think the biggest issue is. It's not really the Bruins' willingness to give up. Uh, a package like that, it's whether or not they have enough to outbid a team that's probably more desperate for Chikrin, uh, like the LA Kings. And I would also think, I mean, maybe the Coyotes wouldn't want him going to LA, same division. I, I don't yeah. know, maybe that's a, a part of it. But another thing to, that's important with the Chikrin stuff is the Bruins don't have their second round pick this year or next year. Yeah. So again, if they instead, like, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think a, a, a it's so hard to predict these trade packages. But my guess is it would be something like from the Bruins. Your first this year, which again isn't going to be high. It's not going to be even in most likely in the high 20 or the low 20s. Uh, Lowry, potentially Grizzlick, because you have to make the money work and you also have, yeah. you know, I would think you'd have to deal something back in return potentially. Um, yeah. Unless you want to, unless you want to dump Riley or Smith as part of that retaining salary thing for it. But you also have to realize that. You have Chickering to the mix. Where does that leave a guy like Grizzly? So that is something. That's even the, if Grizzly's not necessarily probably a long term fit for a team like Coyotes, I want to blow things up. But yes, it's something you have to weigh in terms of other guys that are present on that left side. And I think that saves you from having to give. If, if you did, let's say like Grizzly, a fir, your first this year, low rye, and maybe like a lower tier prospect or a lower type draft pick. Grizzlick might save you because if you include Riley in that, the Coyotes are going to want more, <laughs> would want something else because again, you know, Riley doesn't have a lot of value. Grizzlick has value. Like, I think if the Coyotes turned and flipped Grizzlick for picks or prospects, I think that gets you something, even, you know, whenever that's done, if that's in the summer or whenever. Uh, and I'm just spitballing here. This is not like, yeah. this is not informed or anything like that. Um, but let's just say that's the, the the trade package, right? Let's say that's what it was, right? So if Chickren comes in, Grizzlick doesn't really have a spot because Forbert is, you know, your shutdown penalty killing defenseman on that third pairing. Grizzlick's nice, nice depth, but do you really want Grizzlick on your bench not playing? Lowry, Chick, like Lowry is what you hope, or Chickren's what you hope Lowry becomes. So if you right, can get yeah. that, that works. And then the first is kind of the cost of, of doing it. Now, again, this is a right. deep draft. The Bruins have not had a lot of first round picks in years past. So again, the more I look at this, and the more I go, you know, against a team like Carolina, having two top pairings would not hurt. Bruins Beat is brought to you by HelloFresh. When it's time for the game, home gate like a pro with a limited time winning assortment of snacks, appetizers, and shareable sweets available at HelloFresh Market. Treat friends and fans to delicious barbecue baby back ribs, chocolate chip brownies, and everything in between we all want to save money this time of year but did you know that hellofresh helps you save money all year round in fact hellofresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25 percent cheaper than takeout fast and fresh recipes hellofresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls seared steak and potatoes with bernier sauce or southwest pork and bean burritos Recently, I got shipped one of my favorites, one pan mango salsa pork tacos with cilantro and sour cream, and it is as good as it sounds. I love tacos, and with the fresh ingredients sent to me, it was a delicious dinner. I'll 100% be doing it again. 
Go to HelloFresh.com slash Bruin65 and use code Bruin65 for 65% off your purchase plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash Bruin65 and use code Bruin65 for 65% off your purchase plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Now, back to the show. So, Chikrin, back to this. It's funny. Last week, I, was, I wasn't I was a huge fan of the topic, right? I wasn't a huge fan of the idea. But the more I thought about it, the more I looked at potential trade uh, packages, they do got to go. It's all about this year. <laughs> you know, the, the goal is a cup. And if you can go in to face Carolina in the Eastern Conference final with Chikrin McAvoy, Lindholm Carlo, or some assortment of those those guys, and you have Forbert and Clifton on your on your third pairing or whatever it is, that helps you a lot more. That helps you a lot more. So I'm not all in. It's not like I want to trade Matt Grizzlick or yeah. I want to give up a first. But for Jacob Chikrin, who is going to be a clear upgrade on defense, and you have him under team control for two more years after this one at a very affordable price, I don't know how you can not do that if you're the Bruins. But as you said, yeah. the Kings do have more to give. Yeah, that, I think that's going to be the biggest issue. I mean, even if like it's not moving great, is like even if he's on the third pair and he's playing the right side, he's competing with minutes for Clifton. One great problem to have, and two, if it yes. ends up being a third pairing of Forbert slash Grizzlick Clifton, pretty great third pairing. The, the one knock I think people have against Grizzlick is like that he's not a top four guy in the playoffs. Well, if he's your third pairing guy, pretty damn good when you've got a, a top four that includes, as you said, McAvoy, Chikrin, Lindholm, Carlo. I mean, it's just an abundance of riches. So, um. If you can make it work, like it, that one just seems, again, all these trades where the Bruins are swinging for the fences are probably viewed as luxury, like, you know, luxuries for them in terms of it's not addressing a critical need. But if you want to see what's the avenue that can really bolster that makes this already great team even more imposing, I think it has to be defense and shoring that up as opposed to adding another top six guy. Yes. Uh, the top six thing doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because, like, we're like, what do you, where are you putting him? You have enough borderline top six forwards that can slot in, you know, if an injury occurs or anything like that. Uh, and by the way, if Chikrin is dealt on Monday night, if he is, this is being recorded before that. Yeah, please don't <laughs> yell at us. Yeah, please. This was recorded Monday at 1.30. So uh, if anything happens, I saw you look at your phone for a second. So I was like, oh God, please don't tell me he was like just traded or something. Another one is Luke Shen. Luke Shen's a huge uh, depth right, uh, right shot defenseman who uh, has been kind of a guy that, you know, not part of the future of the Canucks, that's for sure. Lord knows who is part of the future of the Vancouver Canucks. Um, but, you know, the Bruins have been linked to him. The rumor is like a third round pick plus it would take to get a guy like Luke Shen. Uh, to me, that's one that, I mean, again, I think there's going to be a lot of competition for Luke Shen by a lot of teams. Yeah. I think that's going to drive the price way up. But if the price is around a third round pick, I mean, that does shore up your right side depth wise. I mean, then you suddenly have... McAvoy, Carlo, Clifton, Shen. Uh, but again, you don't want to overpay for a guy like that. But I will contradict myself there again and say, if you win a cup, none of this matters. Yes. It's like the Ryan yeah. O'Reilly deal, right? Like, Blue's got Ryan O'Reilly, they want a cup. Sabres got Tage Thompson. You have a franchise, uh, franchise player in him. So again, if the Bruins win a cup, it doesn't matter what they give up. The problem is they got to win the cup. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah. And again, it comes down to like, let's say the Bruins lose out on Chikrin and the, the Kings outbid them for, which I could see happen. Um, again, if you fall back into more of the guys like Luke Shen or 
uh, a bottom six forward like Nick Beepstad or someone else like that. Like that's not you shouldn't be viewed as losers in that situation, right? Like you're still the best team in the league with arguably the the deepest lineup, and you're adding uh, further depth down the lineup where you're probably going to rely on them come the postseason. So even if it ends up being someone like Shen, there's still value there. I, I think the one issue with uh, Shen and you mentioned the reported asking price like a third round pick plus. I just got a feeling that's going to absolutely go up to a, a second and a prospect or even like a first. Some team's going to be desperate just because that's – a guy like Luke Shen is exactly who you covet when you get up for a long playoff run, right? Like a veteran, tough guy. I think he's one of the leaders in the league in hits. One yeah. of those guys that just – it checks off a lot of boxes in terms of how you want to kind of uh, add some heft to your lineup ahead of the postseason. So I think he'd be a great fit for the Bruins in terms of adding – uh, a little bit more snarl to this team. But again, I got a feeling that a guy like him, that market's going to get kind of wacky once we get to, uh, you know, the days leading up to the deadline. That's the that's the worry is that it's not going to yeah. be like, oh, here's a third round pick. Oh, here's Luke Shen. Like, <laughs> yeah, that one just teams... feels like it's one where it's going to be something where you're like, oh. I didn't, didn't, didn't do that, but we'll see. Oh. It's gotta be cool as a player when you get like when you're a big name at the deadline and everyone's like bidding for you. It's gonna be a cool feeling for them. But yeah, I mean, again, I think it just goes back to as you said, and this goes back more to Chikrin. They don't have a hole in this lineup, right? Like yeah. you can bolster, which is what Chikrin would do, but there's no hole. It's not last year where, oh, you know, they need a top four left shot defenseman. And they got him, right? Right. Well, the year before, they need a top six winger. Oh, they went out and got Taylor Hall. They, there's no right. need to do that this year. I think they will be just fine in the playoffs without it. But Chikrin helps. And now, I mean, again, you even look at, you know, getting past the people, you know, whether it's the Lightning or the Maple Leafs you face in round two. But also, I mean, we mentioned the Hurricanes. The Rangers just got a lot better with Tarasenko. So, yeah. like, again, like that top line, Tarasenko, Zabinijad, and Panarin. Uh, and then you know, they have Chris Kreider on the second. I mean, that's a good team. Now, again, they have their own issues. You know, they have – they you know, somehow always find a way to, to, to lose at times, but like on paper, that's a very good team. And again, if Shesterkin gets hot throughout the playoffs, they have all the pieces as well. So, I mean, again, I think you look at uh, just the amount of, uh, of, you know, really good talent in the East. And I think, you know, bolstering your defense certainly uh, helps you. Um, curious to see what happens with Patrick Kane, Timo Meyer. My guess is, Meyer ends up in like Carolina, just I can see like that. what they need. I mean, I would think yeah. Carolina would do something uh, with Horvat uh, with the New York Islanders. So interesting stuff uh, all around. Uh, Connor, what can we look forward to from you over Boston.com now that you are back? Yes, uh, we'll have you cover every step of the way this Bruins season. We'll have uh, a few things coming up on Chickering, which just means this is a very timely podcast. Um, we'll get Jake DeBrus's uh, eventual return, all those things bring down this kind of losing streak the Bruins find themselves in. Beyond just Bruins, though, we cover everything over at Boston.com that readers want to read about. So we have Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, all that stuff over there. So please read over at Boston.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. For CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky, Bruins Beat listeners. Have a great rest of your week. 